Hey, everybody. Welcome to Fuse. Today, we are talking about the power of communication. Now, I know we talk about communication a lot in our communities and other couple communities, but it's a really big deal. And we might have some insights that are going to be a little bit different that you might not have thought about before. So come on in, tell your friends and family, and let's talk about it. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to Fuse, transparent conversations for marriage, family, and relationships. We invite you to join us as we discuss topics that are thought about but not talked about. So tell your friends and family to check us out. And of course, join us on all of our socials, as well as checking out our website, FusedMarriages.com. Hey, how you doing today? I'm well, sir. Yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I got one request, though, for the people out there. Okay. If you don't mind me asking. Hey, if y'all liking this content... Right. Mm -hmm. Share with somebody, post a comment, like it. You know what? We're just trying to help people. That's our mm -hmm. main goal. Yeah. Um, we're helping ourselves too in the process, right? So we mm -hmm. ain't say we got everything figured out, but hey, we try to share. Hopefully y'all can share y'all's insight as well. We appreciate those that are watching. Uh, but yeah, if you see somebody that could benefit from this or make and think they benefit from topics that we're talking about, share with them. Yes. I concur. And today's topic in particular might be helpful um, to you or someone you know, because today we're getting into conversation. Our conversation is the power of communication. Now, that is a topic that um, a lot of people revisit and talk about. And even we have talked about it. But as you grow in your relationship, you start to see the areas um in which you might be weak um, or areas that you can consistently improve. And communication is an area that all of us can consistently improve because it is really powerful. Um, anything you wanted to say on that before we jump into the first, the first point? Wow. I know that's a low, that's loaded, right? Cause everybody talks about communication and right. why would they just break up this, that, and the other. I think even the idea we chose to have the title, the power of communication to daily to, you know, signify like communication is powerful, mm -hmm. right? Maybe trying to break in, pulling some layers on back what that means. Maybe not in totality, but I think we're going to get into some good discussions on this one. Yeah, so let's jump into it. So mm -hmm. the first thing, um, as you were kind of prepping this, is, you know, we come from a spiritual perspective, um, but we recognize that those principles apply no matter what you believe. Um, but that that communication is a biblical, godly um foundation for the relationship so talk about that a little bit oh yeah absolutely so this this for me and hopefully for others that may be similar like me right mm -hmm. um it really hits home in the way of that i didn't realize it was biblical mm -hmm. as far as the communication piece and what i mean is i'm i'm naturally i mean you're gonna say that i believe that i thought i was quiet you know reserved didn't have to say much but did a lot mm-hmm like that took the lead in my life of what I called myself or how I saw myself or really how I approach people in, in situations. Yeah. And I leaned on that. Mm -hmm. I leaned on that heavy. Like, no, nah, I'm like, this is how I am. This is how I'm built. This, that, and the other. Right. You know what? Issues come up. I don't have to say nothing. Strong, quiet, strong. I'm going to do something though. I'm that quiet storm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I thought strength was in more built more in, in action. Right. Which is true to some extent. Right. Right. But when I went back and said, okay, you know what? I have to ask myself, am I made in God's image? Mm -hmm. We'll get into with all that detail. But like, am I made? If I am, if I believe that, and then my God is is a speaking God. Mm -hmm. Right. And 
I would love to reference this so we're not just speaking out in theory exactly really what kind of brought me to this point. So if you're yeah. quiet and you're kind of wrestling with, you know, why we don't need to say much and issues come up and you're avoiding them and all this other kind of stuff, we're not naturally built or designed to be that. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a pl- time and place, to, you know, to hold your peace, mm-hmm. but we're not naturally designed to say, you know what, well, I really just don't say much. Because we're, we're made in God's image. And I'm just going to read some verses here. It's kind of long, but I think it's going to just drive some, some points home, right? To maybe okay. to help maybe clarify. We can talk about it after I finish reading this mm-hmm. here. And I'm literally going from Genesis 1.1. Okay. Just starting off, right? So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Mm-hmm. And God said, okay, verse 3, let there be light. And there was light. I'm going to skip down to verse six. And God said, let the vault between the waters to separate the water, separate water from the water from water. All right. Now I'm going to jump down to verse nine. And God said, let the water under the sky gather in one place and let the dry ground appear. Mm-hmm. When I read this and kind of just put it in my mind and to say, okay, hold on. When God first started doing anything, he spoke it, mm-hmm. right? He spoke about it and created it, right? And for me, that was revelatory from the aspect of like, man, I was designed to speak. Mm-hmm. I was designed to confront things. Mm-hmm. Now we got to do that in the right way. I was designed to speak about things. I was designed to answer questions. I was designed to, you know what? Hey, no, be a solution versus with, 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 my, with my voice. Mm-hmm. And that helped me, particularly as a quiet person, mm-hmm. right? That I believe that, hey, this is how I was designed to be. They say, no, hold on. Let's reframe the thinking of who, who you thought you were and who really God made you to be. And I, I reference these, these scriptures to really drive that point home. Yeah, you said a whole lot in there. Um, the first thing I want to start with is the discussion like that quiet people don't talk or the introverts don't talk. It's really a, a misnomer, like a misdiagnosis almost of their personality. And I don't and I think it's important to recognize that it's not just talking to talk. It's not just, Hey, I, I, you know, just to be a part of anything. Like it's not seeking validation, but it's really contributing to the relationship. Like, what is your perspective? What do you have to say on this? Because just because you're quiet by personality, that's your natural default. Doesn't mean that you don't have something to offer. But I think sometimes what happens is those of us that are talkers take up so much of the, and this is something we can talk about too, take up so much of the kind of the air in the room that we don't give other people that might not be as, um, you know, as pushy with their perspective an opportunity to contribute. So I think it's, I think that that's part of the communication game. If you know that you're the talker, making sure that you give opportunity for the person that might not be as vocal as you, it doesn't mean that they don't have a perspective. Like, be, like we have that kind right. of mixed up, like, Oh, right. they're just really quiet. They don't really have anything to say. They might just be waiting on you to stop talking or they might they might want to be asked what their perspective is versus them just throwing it out into space. Um, so I think it's important to recognize the distinction between the quiet person and maybe the more vocal person, um, because quiet people often I can't say always, but often are very observant because they're not talking, you know, like they're they're watching and they're listening. So they very frequently do have something of great relevance to add in a dialogue, but they're also not necessarily going to push their way. Um, I think the second thing that you hit on 
when you're talking about uh, biblical references and you used all of those as we see through scripture, um, God entering time, like our system of time, there is really um, the necessity of understanding that we were created in God's image and we are to be communicators, um, both vertically and horizontally, and how it impacts what we create and how we create. And if we look at God creating the world through language, um, what are you creating in your language or not creating in your language? Because you can cause um, disaster through what you say. You can cause um, wholeness through what you say. That's spouse to spouse, friend to friend, parent to child. All of these things, how we create really anything starts with how we talk about it, how we see it. First, how we think about it, then how we speak about it, and then what we do with it. So if we're if we think somebody is trash and we say, we think you're trash, then when they are trash, you have to look at what did I say? That's the whole concept of the power of life and death is in the tongue. I can speak over my spouse blessing and I can speak life and encouragement. Even if we're not talking from a biblical perspective, you can build somebody up. Like that's what affirmations are. Hey, I'm telling you how I see you. I'm telling you what's inside of you so that they can hear that repeatedly and believe that. And once they start really honing in and really saying, yeah, that is me, then they start acting like that thing. That's what I do over my kids. I hope that's what you do over your kids. I tell my children how I expect them to behave and they don't always do it, but I'm going to keep speaking over them. You're a leader. You're a great listener. You're a good friend. You're smart. You, and I speak all of these things. And as they start to hear it and they start to believe it, then they start to act like this. Hey, I'm, and they don't, and they don't require um, another voice to tell them who they are. Cause sometimes, and we've talked about this before, sometimes the thing that you're not telling your spouse, they seek for somewhere else and they get it that somewhere else. And it doesn't mean there's not conflict. It doesn't mean I have to wake up every morning and I'm irritated with my husband and I have to say, you're a great guy. You've done everything right. That's not true. We're not talking about lying and we're not talking about, um, you know, avoiding conflict. As a matter of fact, confronting conflict is part of good communication, not just saying, oh, well, we're just going to push it in the back of our minds. So I think starting with that kind of scriptural foundation and that, that moral background really infuses what I say as really important, really critical. It's not just saying something, it's really speaking life or death. No, that's good. That's good. You brought you reference a scripture. Um, I don't know where it's at, but I know you said it. it the, power, the life of death is in the power mm-hmm. of the tongue. Mm-hmm. This is for all my quiet people, right? Well, I'm not speaking, so I ain't killing nothing, right? That's what we kind of think. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, oftentimes we reference that particular verse of scripture as somebody that you got to say it in order for it to die, or you can cause harm or good, whatever, right? Yeah. But oftentimes, it's us as quiet people, I point to myself, or maybe others out there like it that don't speak as much. One way for something to die, and we got this from our bishop, and said, just don't talk to it. Mm-hmm. And once I heard that, like, okay, wow. I yeah. think he gave a reference about a baby not being touched or something, not being talked to, and how the differences or whatever. What happened when the fact they weren't being talked to or weren't being touched in this case as, as well, but the, the whole concept was like, hey, you want you want something to die, just don't talk to it. Yeah. Right? Um and that's just powerful. It just hit me like when I heard that, like, okay, well, I've been sitting back, maybe being quiet and holding stuff in and thinking I'm like being proactive mm-hmm. and like, okay, I'm not, I'm not causing additional conflict. 
Yeah, I'm just not going to say anything. So, like, I think a lot of people think it's not going to get any worse. Like, no, it definitely does. And this is true in horticulture, too, because a lot of people that study, like, plants and things like that. Um, I remember, I don't know if your family did this, but I remember when my big mama would plant stuff, she would talk to the the dirt. She would talk to the plant, like, okay, we're going to set you here. Now you go ahead and grow. You go ahead, I'm going to cover you up. Like, it was kind of, it wasn't even like, like this, speaking to the it was just speaking over okay my expectation you're gonna go ahead and grow and it's the same with plants like if there are plants um they say you talk to your plants like oh you look so green you're looking Mm -hmm. so beautiful and they grow and i don't i don't i don't you know there's lots of thought processes about it but Mm -hmm. i think that the that principle is true if you don't if you're in an organization or a company and something somebody is a bad seed and you never address that that culture starts to permeate that negativity starts to decrease the morale of the organization so it's true in every sense that if you don't address something both negative if you're not speaking to it you're like well that's them that's not me that's their problem then it's going to eventually become your problem mm-hmm. it's eventually going to spread it's going to be a problem for everybody because you're not saying something um mm-hmm. what, what do you want to say i see no, your face i'm seeing your face I my already mind know. is what wheels are totally turning the uh-huh. miles an hour so this is like a real-time issue okay right? okay a real i'm saying a real-time issue okay and it, we're gonna play it out just as in, in real time right so okay oftentimes when quiet people see this Maybe people that maybe aren't quite just as forward with their with their with their talking or with their speech or with their addressing something, mm-hmm. and they're having conversation. If there's like a a pause, a brief pause, the people that talk often just they feel it. Mm-hmm. They 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 automatically. I think it's automatically jump into that space, mm-hmm. right? In reality, my quiet people can tell me. I know I'm telling the truth because it happens <laughs> to us all the time. We may pause for a brief second, and be like, and then. The person that that talks more more frequently would jump into that space. When we actually, we would just have a half a second, a second to gather the next thought, because that's how we operate, and then speak. So, so, so I'm just giving a clue for people that may be in relationships. Well, you know, one of you talk, one of you don't as much. The person that talks has to be kind of. It's a different. It's a different flow of the conversation. When two talkers are going, literally, y'all might be like almost like verbally fighting to, to get mm-hmm. the words right and, and, it, and it's like it's, and it's natural it's not even like a it mm-hmm. seems kind of like wow they're like going at it but now, now y'all just y'all just talking, talking. Mm-hmm. y'all just talking and for us that maybe not that's that's built that way mm-hmm. we're like wow we can't where do we get in mm-hmm. so what we end up doing is i can't get in they not even taking a breath talking so we sit back like okay well i guess they don't want to hear what i have to say mm. that's a real so i'm just it's, it hap- it happens right I think that maybe hopefully helps somebody in, in, in that arena just to kind of <laughs> put that together. And, and the person that, you know, you got to find your time too. The quiet person can't just be sitting back waiting for, you know, 15 seconds to be dead air either. Mm-hmm. Like double dutch. Yeah. We have to like you. So we got to be assertive. If we have something to say, like, hold on one second, let me say this. Or, mm-hmm. and we kind of like, that's kind of rude to us. But to a talker, it's like, no, no, I got something to say. You ain't hear this. It's a positive thing for the talker. I feel I'm, like he's taking shots at me I'm right now. I'm not taking any shots at anybody. No, if you throw a rock and it hit a dog and he holler, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm, I personally am not taking any shots though. I know you're not. I'm just teasing. But it's a conversation we've had before because I'm obviously a little bit more vocal in our relationship. And I think sometimes, and it's not even the pause. Like there have been times that I thought he was done for real. Because to me, he says it's like, 
like 10 seconds or whatever. It'd be like a minute. <laughs> it does not be a minute. She always did that. You exaggerating. You already got that. I'm got that hyperbole going on over here. He's like, like, and he'd be like, I wasn't done. I was thinking. I'd be like, <laughs> not a minute. Like, she, it's conversation. It was not a minute. Next point. See, Go ahead. Next you see that pause? I wanted Next to point. say something, but Next I was waiting. Point. I was I was trying set, to give him opportunity. She set me up for that one. She set me up for that one. Point number two, yeah. <laughs> so, so take that, all of us talkers. We have to be willing to give them opportunity, and even asking keywords. This is something we talk about when we when we dive into yeah. some counseling with couples, like asking them, "Was there anything else you wanted to add?" And making sure that you're not causing offense, like it, the the tone in which you say things. Like, if is there anything else? Like, obviously, you're shutting down. But the quiet person also does tend to be the shutdown person because it takes so much. For them to get their in a get get their idea out, and then you and you either cut them off or you don't allow them to really expand, or they say something and now you oh da 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 da. Not saying you have to do yours or hands. I use my hands, but mm-hmm. you jump on top of their words before they're able to express themselves. Then they no longer want to even say it because you're not honoring what they're trying to communicate. So just keeping in mind, different communication styles are going to require. Um, different collaboration and the best time to talk about it is before you get into an argument because inevitably if you're in a relationship long enough there's going to be a time where you're not seeing eye to eye Mm -hmm. so even understanding your partner better or your child or your parent to know okay when there's conflict i need to make sure that i allow michael or whomever your partner is an opportunity to get out what they're thinking and feeling because i know what how i feel and i will definitely address conflict but making sure that it's not pushing my will whereas he doesn't now he doesn't have a place to contribute so just a thought but speaking of conflict Interestingly enough, when you were prepping on this show, um, you started talking about some of the challenges and how words not only can they tear down and build up, but they can become really explosive. They can make something that should be, you know, something minor turn into something major because of a dropped ball, something that you didn't say that you needed to say. And now there's conflict over something that really could have been adjusted with just a minor conflict. So I want to tell a little story. Okay. So we found this article, um, it was written in 2014, um, and it is from the author of the book, The Sleepwalkers, How Europe Went to War, um, author Christopher Clark. And he um, was doing an interview with Robert Siegel of NPR, um, and they were talking about um, um, the World War. So this is what happened. And I'm going to kind of go from my notes here because I want to make sure I get all the, the names and locations correct. So there was this plot um, to kill our um, Archduke Ferdinand's, our friends Ferdinand. Um, he was the heir to the throne of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. And the Archduke and his wife were visiting um, Bosnia, Heads Geneva. Um, see, I practice. Um, they had they had this minimum security, so they were planning on traveling to this location. Um, they had minimum security, but their route was published publicly, so the public knew exactly where they were going and the pathway they were going to take on this trip. Well, um, in route, one of the cars was bombed um, and several people were injured. So they decided, you know what, we're going to take another route. We're not going to go this way. It's too dangerous. Unfortunately, nobody told the Czech speaking driver of the Archduke. So the, the driver kept going on the route that they were 
that they had planned on going, the one that was published and known to the public. Well, Clark, the writer of this book, says that there was this miscommunication took the royal couple in front of this um, this person that was on the route that was going to assassinate them. Um, And his name was um, Gravillo Princip. Um, He was an assassin that was stationed along that path and was going to kill the archduke. he had the story is told that he went into this general store and was coming out and eating a sandwich. And right as he came out, um, this motor car or the car that was holding the Archduke that was supposed to have switched routes that was still on that route was right in front of him. So here is the assassin. Here is the car right in front of him. And he tells they tell the story that the car suddenly stops in front of this assassin. And to his astonishment, Somebody was yelling to the driver, you idiot, you're not supposed to go down this road. Stop the car and back up. So they were trying to turn around the car. And instead of being able to turn around the car to get the Archduke out of danger, the assassin Clark writes, um, he just as the car comes to a halt, he took two shots and this started the world war. So it's really interesting that this was um, a communication, a dropped ball. That communication wasn't passed properly to the right person. And this started the world war um, because of a miscommunication. And, and when I think about that in the context of a relationship, sometimes we're communicating but not to the right person. We're telling our girlfriend, this is what's going on. Or we're telling our dude, or we're telling our parent, or we're telling somebody else what's going on and not telling the right person. And because the communication is happening, but it's not happening where and when it needs to, then there is a catastrophe in the relationship that leads to a greater problem. What are your thoughts? No, for, I mean, first and foremost, you did a great job on those names. <laughs> She gave me a hard time about it. You know what? You give me the hard name to read. I said, yes, I'm going to read the Bible. You're going to read them hard names. The Bible has some hard names, <laughs> it do, man. But I didn't think the ones that had that in this one. <laughs> so you're right. You selective. You know, selective, yeah. Um, but no, first of all, like, I mean, first of all, it's a very interesting story, right? Mm-hmm. It's not only interesting, it literally, what you just said, that started World War One. Mm-hmm. Miscommunication started World War One With this assassination that wasn't With, supposed to happen had they took the other route. Right. You see mm-hmm. that pause thing? Yeah. I was, adding, I was adding. <laughs> I was adding. I was joking. contributing. I was joking. I was joking. See, now he's going to be, he gonna be, be on I'm something. Be, I'm being petty a little bit. Okay. I'm being petty a little bit. Hey, something, you know. It was funny to me. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> go, go. This is why I jump in. Go. No, so the whole idea of that miscommunication played a significant role and really started something major. Mm-hmm. Right. And if I just take a step back and say, you know what, how many times have misunderstandings or miscommunication allowed couples to either make a decision like, hey, I'm leaving you, mm-hmm. or they got a bad eye, like, man, I can't believe you did that, or, you know, you purposely forgot the kids? Well, I don't know, you know, your phone might have been off and then get the text message and you left the kids at school and now the school calling you and you like, and now y'all, y'all at it. Yeah. All simply, right, because of miscommunication. Um, the idea of miscommunication playing such a can play such a big factor in my mind when I when I when I read that article or heard you read it is like wow something very simple can easily turn into something very big if there's not the communication or miscommunication mm-hmm. that even wasn't even intentional mm-hmm. right? right sometimes miscommunication necessarily is not something that you intentionally do mm-hmm. but it happens 
And then how do we recover from? How do we protect against that? Yeah. Right. Um, we got dynamic with blended families and this, that, and the other, or work or travel. Right. We try to, and on our on our on our best days, right? And I say best days because we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Our best day, hey, if I'm traveling, I'm late from work or this, that, and the other, we try to communicate. Yeah. Text, call. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be later than I thought I was going to be. Or I got to go somewhere. Or on the other end, hey, if I have travel coming up or you got some things coming up, events, this, that, and the other. Right. We try to proactively try to avoid the miscommunication. Right. Does it work all the time? No, I'd be like, man, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to be watching the game on Saturday. Well, you know we got this party to go to. <laughs> at what time is the party? At three. Well, the game is three. Oh, I'm okay. Miscommunication. <laughs> right? It happens. <laughs> but she's laughing because she knows it's like that's real life. It, it, it does happen. But it's just the idea we try to avoid those. And mm-hmm. those are minor, but it could turn into something big. Oh, she don't care about me. Mm-hmm. She just planning stuff without me. Just telling me. I can, those seeds could get planted. Yeah. Right? And cause a bigger issue. And I think for couples, you got to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Right? We got to be aware of it. And like we try to avoid against. Can you avoid every single miscommunication? Probably not. Right. But if you just, an idea say, hey, even the small things, you even got me on this. Hey, if something changes, you know, we had a meeting at, at, at six and it got moved to eight. Just let me know. That's a, a minor detail, but it could cause a major problem. Yeah. So things like that point to my mind to say, hey, think about the communication, what's happening, what could be miscommunicated, what are the details in it? You good with planning and you know, mm-hmm. calendars and all kind of stuff, which I'm like, man, we don't need all that. Yes, we do, y'all. I didn't, I didn't, I, I like I didn't think I needed it as we trying to build our family dynamics. But I started to appreciate, okay, you know, wh- hey, where's where that calendar? Where, where we at? <laughs> you know what I mean? That Google Calendar, you put it, is it in the calendar? Okay, good. I got it. But it's just, I mean, it's the whole idea is trying to avoid miscommunication. Yeah. Yeah. I think, too, when I consider the story, it didn't start off badly. I think that mm-hmm. that's, that's something that's that, like, we have to, and we've said this before, too, believing the best about your partner. Um, but also addressing when there's something that happens. Um, so I'm, I believe that he meant to tell me, or he didn't realize that it was going to cause a problem instead of believing, like, you just didn't care about my schedule. Like you said, you just didn't care that I wanted to watch the game and ensuring that that is consistently, um, that you're looking after what's important and valuable to them. And that, you know, you might have to revisit a calendar or whatever works for you so that you can have these consistent conversations over time and over time you build goodwill. Um, so like in this, the, um, well, I'll get back to that, but you build goodwill by saying, Hey, you have a game that your team plays. My team might not play until six. So I might not think about your team playing at noon and I'll be like, Oh, what time does your team play on Saturday? Or what time does your team play on Sunday? Cause you guys know we're sports people. So what time? Okay. Well, we have this, can, and then having a dialogue, are we going to record the game? Are we going to go to this? But that builds goodwill. Like, okay, it's not that just she didn't care. It's not that he didn't, it didn't matter to him because now we're having conversation building around the things that are important to the other person. Um, and that's because of those little things, What is, there's like a saying, like the little something, I don't know. I'll come back to that. But those little things add up and both for the good and the bad. You right. keep doing good things. You sow good seed. You're going to get a good harvest. You keep doing bad things or harmful things. Your crops are going to be destroyed. So I think it's important to recognize that as well. I wanted to get to this last thing before we run out of time mm-hmm. for today. Um, talking does not equate clear communication. I want to give you the last word on this because I've said a lot. Um, yeah. But I talking does not mean that you are being clear. So take it. Yeah. So I get my last word on this, right? And I can try to tie in back, you know, 
us as quiet people with the God of communication got to be able to speak. We got to, we got to, mm-hmm. we got to embrace that. Right. Mm-hmm. This here's the flip side of it. Right. Where you may be a talker and the fact that you're, you're actually using words, you think you're actually clearly communicating mm-hmm. and you, you're using a lot of words. And that still doesn't mean that you're clearly communicating mm-hmm. using colorful words. Mm-hmm. It still does. I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at them. You, but you know, there's no shade at all. She's actually, you know, she's, she's worked with me on me anyway. But I'm not offended. Yeah. I'm I, working I, people, people think I'm looking at you talking to you like, no, I'm not. I was like, you know. I'm not, anyway. I'm not offended. <laughs> at any rate, though, the idea that pe- people often equate the fact that they're actually communicating a lot of words or saying a lot of things or explaining it in a certain way that it's clear mm-hmm. to everyone. And that's not always true. Right. So I think people have to keep, keep that in mind. And this is for my talkers out there. Like, hey, just because you may be actually saying a lot of things it may not be as clear as you believe, mm-hmm. right? It may be clear in your head, but it may not be clear to your spouse or your significant other or your kids, whatever have you, whoever you're talking to, that it's impacting them like you think it should. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I think particularly the talkers, just to be be just be understanding that 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 may be a disconnect. Mm-hmm. You wonder why come they are. We had this talk so many times, and this, that, and the other, or they not understanding me. It could be they not understand. You could be it. It could be it. But also could be, hey, maybe your words or what you're saying and how you're communicating it is not as clear as you would like to believe. Oh, I want to add one quick thing. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So there's some, and finding the method in which your partner hears. So if it's a bullet point and it might change depending on the, the challenge. So knowing when is a good time of day to talk, what words might be triggers negatively and not incorporating that tone like how you talk to your partner where maybe it's not best to talk to them while laying in the bed about to go to sleep because they're not going to remember the next day or Mm. those kinds of things all of that really matters so keeping all of that in mind we definitely thank you so much for joining us today here on fused please let us know if you have any comments or questions we'd love to hear from you and make sure you check out our website fusedmarriages.com Let's talk about it. Like a true